Ask an expert number five. Today, I speak with Alex Young about today versus the day all of the HMOs crashed and burned. About a month ago, I spoke with Alex Young, a global strategist over at Ernst & Young. We talked about whether change is coming. Big disruptive change, I mean. In short, Alex says, yeah, probably. And she cites the factors that have led her to this conclusion. She also cites an interesting parallel between some of the things going on right now and what brought down the entire HMO industry back in the 90s. This Ask an Expert episode, as all Relentless Health Value episodes, has been brought to you by Aventria Health Group. My name is Stacy Richter. Let's talk about where we are in the healthcare industry today and about change. Is it coming and for real this time? I do think this time is different. And I think the reason it's different is because we live in an age of transparency. We live in an age where social media and the word of mouth moves information faster than it has in the past. I also think we're at a tipping point that we've had pretty significant convergence in the business models of major components of the healthcare value chain. We've had convergence in the pharmacy industry. We've had convergence in the health insurance industry. We've had convergence in the wholesalers of drug distribution. And ultimately, we're going to see more convergence coming with PBMs and drug companies who have signaled to the market that they might be doing more acquisitions in the future. A of dynamics that seem unrelated to the industry that might be driving this change. One is we asked a massive tax reform bill. So a lot of the companies that operate in the health insurance are publicly traded corporations, many of which have had money in offshore accounts because they're global organizations that do business not just in the U.S. but outside the U.S. And they're considering repatriating that capital. As they repatriate that capital, they're going to be looking for investment opportunities. And that's going to fuel another round of mergers and acquisitions. Two, we have the entry or the interlopers in private equity firms that have entered the space. Firms are known for rationalizing assets and making them more efficient and being relentless and driving out waste. And then three, we also have an administration now in Washington that has taken a look at healthcare policy and is challenging some of the status quo and some of the permissions that exist in the industry that have, in some cases, created perverse incentives that have driven prices up and have also driven, unfortunately, they've driven issues with affordability and inequality, particularly when we are also facing one other trend, which has to do with income inequality. We are seeing the decline of the middle class and situations where we don't have adequate incomes to afford some of the out-of-pocket expenses that have been proliferated through high deductible plans. So if you put all of those variables, have the perfect storm for change, and you also have have people in the marketplace from a patient perspective, from an advocacy perspective, and just from, you know, your, your Joe on the street who says, there's something wrong with the system, we need to fix it. And those voices are becoming more collective and they're, you know, creating class action lawsuits. There's litigation at the state level. There's significantly more pressure and momentum than we've seen in over 30 years. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned the last time that we spoke was that approximately 30 years ago, change was created at that time by a social force. So this is not the first time that this has happened. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, a lot of people for the years that we had HMOs. I grew up in the industry when we had hundreds and hundreds of HMOs in the United States, and they were an instrument that was intended to save money. And if you don't know what they are, they were organizations that took a capitated price from an employer, particularly the self-insured employer space, but even in the government agency space where Medicare and Medicaid were using HMOs. And one of the things that HMOs used to do is they would narrow the networks of providers you could choose. They would require pre-authorizations and referrals in order to get access to certain drugs. And they would control costs by putting in restrictions and utilization barriers. During the time that they were the dominant health insurance policy design in the United States, we also had an epidemic of HIV and AIDS. And drug companies were developing these that would help mitigate the not only the symptoms, but slow down the progression of HIV AIDS. And unfortunately, because those drugs were expensive, there were lots of restrictions put around their use. Some drug companies would release or launch a product that could help with AIDS and the HMOs would refuse to pay for it because they thought it was too expensive or they would consider it a non-covered benefit because it was an experimental therapy. What ended up happening was the prevailing policy in these HMOs was to deny coverage for those drugs and unfortunately people started dying. The AIDS community got very organized around this effort and started filing lawsuits across the country, many of which made it to state judicial systems. And a lot of those plaintiffs were found to be in the right and the HMOs were found to be in the wrong and they had to pay massive settlements. And those massive settlements caused liquidity and bankruptcy in some of the larger HMOs around the United States because they were liable for denying a claim. The juries that decided those cases awarded some pretty significant awards to the families of the deceased patients. Now, the AIDS community has been very organized for many years. It was the first time we saw a disease-specific social advocacy group create a consolidated response in the marketplace that challenged the practices of management in healthcare. We're going to start to see that again as the new drugs that are in the pipeline start getting launched, particularly those that might have potential for curing serious diseases like cancer or rare diseases. So I think that that occurred with the social advocacy around AIDS is going to occur again. Smaller communities of patients that are suffering from some pretty serious diseases as those drugs get launched with expensive price tags. What is the equivalent today of what happened when all those HMOs liquidated back in the 90s? Well, we haven't seen too much of it yet, but we are beginning to see patients sue for denial of coverage. And there is obviously a remedy for that. You do have the opportunity to appeal a denial in a healthcare plan, but that denial has to be based on you know, a pretty solid foundation of decision-making criteria. The problem with the system today is it's not transparent. So it's difficult for people to understand what criteria was used to deny the claim. Was it necessity or clinical efficacy that drove the decision or was it economic, purely economic, that it was just too expensive and we don't want to pay for it? So we are starting to see social media that are sharing information with one another and encouraging one another to class action lawsuits. And of course, the plaintiff's attorneys see this as an opportunity. Companies that at one time went after the tobacco industry are now looking at the healthcare industry as a fertile ground for plaintiff litigation because they see the same kinds of abuses, all of which are centered on non-transparent business practices. 